Hello and welcome everyone to the Asian Voices Radio Podcast, where you'll find real Asian American conversations, including the topics you were too afraid to ask your Asian parents. I'm your host, Jazen Tong. And I am Oslin Tong. And joining us today is Joseph Lam, the CEO and creator of the card game, Parents Are Humans. You can also find him on a Facebook group page called The Parent Project. And you can also find his website, parentsaregifts.com, where they recommend a bunch of handpicked gift recommendations for your mom and dad that you might have trouble finding yourselves. Uh, welcome, Joseph. How are you doing tonight? Oh, pretty good. And thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm uh, I'm delightfully shocked that you went that deep and found all of those links oh hey man honestly like we want to do like in-depth research on all the people we bring upon we want them to feel like as if they're here we want them to feel like as if everything they're doing is being recognized and accomplished so it's the least we can do we really do want to thank you for being on here with us man i'm very excited to hear from you today yeah excited to share what, what brought about parents are humans the truth is, for about 12 years, I had a really broken and distant relationship with my parents. And back then, I I made the mistake of keeping it a secret. Uh, it was this like deep, dark secret that I wanted nobody to know about, that um, when I came home, I would lash out at my parents, I would yell at them, I would scream at them, I would basically take out all my stresses and frustrations on a daily basis out on them. Um, as what my way of coping with the, the, the things that I was going through, um, because back then I didn't have the tools to process all the, the bullying I, I went through, the, any sort of challenges of, of uh, growing up. Um, and I was, uh, it was 2018 when um, I hit rock bottom. This was when my um, two-year-old company, I had to shut it down. I uh, had a, almost a two-year relationship that ended. Almost like everything in my life just crumbled. And I was sitting at rock bottom looking around. And because of some mentors that I had, they pointed me to just look within, start doing some serious personal reflection. Um, I did a few personal development programs. And out of that, I realized that the single most important thing that I had to confront in my life was all of that shame and all of that guilt from having mistreated my parents. Um, and originally I had thought, wow, I, I'm just right now in need of finding out what to do next for my career. I was totally still in the um, external achievement will help solve all my problems mode. And, uh, and these, uh, these coaches, these mentors, these programs just dug deep to help me realize that, yeah, I, I would have regretted it for the rest of my life if I didn't confront all of that pain and try everything in my power to rebuild that relationship with my parents. Um, yeah, I knew that they wouldn't be around one day and I wanted to get to know them. Um, something that, yeah, would would take me on this two-year, three-year journey now where um, I actually eventually met a friend. Um, her name is Candice, and this was her idea. It was like a... Uh, one of those, this is it moments of, I just have to do this. Like I, I asked her, do you want to do this? Because this is, uh, this is something I would never regret working on. So um, long story short, six months later, we uh, launched the game and it was so surprising how many other people resonated. And we started selling out our decks and um, about a year year, year and a half later of working on this as a side project, just nights and weekends, um, decided to go full time on it. And 
um, and that was March of this year, of 2021. So um, I'm a little more than half a year in. Wow. Yeah. Half a year in, you've already done a lot, you know? Yeah, it's been it's been a crazy journey, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I think I think a lot of people in our generation like understand how you feel, you know, like like surprisingly, like you see all this like all this stuff on social media about like other like uh, Asian American kids or of uh, Pacific Islander kids are always like you, you see them much more uh, loving towards their parents. They put it all over their social medias, their Instagram, their TikToks, and stuff like that. You know, so mm-hmm. you kind of wonder how long it took them to get there. You know, because I think a lot of people our age kind of have like strained relationships with their parents at one point. You know? Yeah. And I think it um it resonates with something you said in one of your reflections were about social accountability, mm-hmm. you know, with uh, and I think that's what a lot of these kids are doing, you know, by like portraying and showing off their buddy or not budding, but their healthy relationship with their parents and showing off that love and then showing that it's like possible for others to go ahead and have that type of relationship with their parents Mm -hmm. uh you stated multiple times that there came a day or like a time where the realization hit you that your parents were going to be around forever and that you might regret or that you would regret not healing that broken relationship between the three of you could you tell us what happened in that moment in that time that made you come to that thought process like what happened that made you realize the truth at that moment rather than all those years ago what a good question. I, um, I remember it distinctly. It was this, um, I did this personal development program called Landmark. And um, it's, it's this very uh, somewhat controversial program where um, the, the type of teaching and the way it's delivered is, is maybe a little bit intense. So it was imagining kind of like the, the, uh, the leader almost like, yelling at you in a way like wake up like you know be aware of what's going on in your life and this one chapter this one section of that um of that program was completely dedicated to parents and our relationship to our parents um and they it was a set of these beliefs that was like if you they, they were telling me hey if you don't get to a point where you can freely love your parents and by by loving doesn't mean you have to accept what they've done to you or or uh, um agree with anything that they've done it's just loving them for who they are and for who they are not appreciating everything that they had to go through to do to to raise you and basically forgive them for for all the ways that they were and all the ways that they were not and um it was me hearing that and realizing that I had like a million miles of work to do with all of that. I was like, I am so far away from forgiving my parents, from loving them freely, from being able to be myself around them, for not having to put on this face and and pretend that I didn't feel like my entire body crunch up every time I'm at home and want to leave. Like I needed to be free from that in order to live a life that I would be proud of. So the the homework assignment that they gave us was to own up to the fact that I was not okay with our relationship and to say what I wanted to say, basically. Um, and they didn't give me any 
any leeway. Like this was the power of the program. You had to write out a list of people that you were incomplete with and just confront those relationships then and there. And it was between the breaks where we had to call. I mean, they didn't force us, but it was, it was so clear that it was now or never that by calling my parents and starting this conversation, it would probably lead to something better, right? It, I, nothing will change if I don't change anything. So um, I ended up calling them. I, I was so nervous. I wrote out this entire letter to them. It actually wasn't, it wasn't a long letter. It was just three simple things. I said to my parents while bawling my eyes out that, um, that I love them. I, I said, thank you for raising me because I never got that chance to. Um, I never acknowledged them for all the effort they went through. Um, and I promised them, I told them, I want to get to know you two better. I want to be in your lives. Um, and yeah, at that point, I, I didn't, I didn't allow myself to cry for about 10 years. That was, that was another truth that was, um, I think is more common than not. I, I wanted to be the tough one. I wanted to hold it all together as the, uh, the, the hurt middle schooler. Um, and I thought, you know, if I let my tears fall, if I, was vulnerable, then the bullies would win. So, um, yeah, I, I had to take that one step forward in that phone call and, um, the rest is history. Yeah. That must've been really hard because as we all like kind of know, especially like being similar first generation Asian Americans that expressing love through words of affirmation, isn't something that's really common. And then like, uh, I remember like having this conversation <laughs> with a friend of mine that like, are usually what we what our top love language is uh, it usually stems from what you lacked with your either your parents or you know previous partners anything like that so like a lot of people when i talk to them especially that are asian americans a lot of them be like oh yeah words of affirmation you know just hearing i love you from someone like <laughs> makes my day yeah you know and then like and when i hear that i'm just like I, or, I get that, you know, or like some uh, like it's either words of affirmation or like physical touch because like you hear a lot of other kids don't really get hugs. Yeah, you don't get hugged from your parents. So it's just like, you know, it's it's really nice. So to hear like how you had to, I guess, kind of face something that you're not used to, to like actually sit there and be vulnerable with your parents and say what you were feeling. I think that's like a very common fear. A lot of like, especially Asian American youth are probably going to be going through because it's like they don't know how to even begin to do that because, you know, how can you do something you never learned how to do, you know? So I want to commend you for that because that must have been extremely tough. Yeah, it's so hard to give what you've never received, right? You've never seen yeah. it modeled in your own family. So what do I do? I kind of have to just make it up and, and go for it. You have to be the first one to do it. You have yeah. to break the mold. You know, yeah, and especially from from here on out with future generations, we're gonna have to learn to like do the things that gave us healing now mm -hmm. to heal future generations. You know, yeah. There's a um, there's a phrase that has become one of my favorite phrases. Um, I don't think I wrote about this, but it, it's called being a, a transitional character. And um, and in short, I'm butchering the definition, but it's someone who finds a way to end the the suffering and the pain in a generation and it's one of the most honorable things that a person could ever do because they're they're and it's like saying the trauma stops with me like it ends here yeah whatever it is that my ancestors had to go through that has been 
has been being passed on, um, I'm, I'm going to stop that so that future generations can have more productive lives. Yeah. That's great, man. Honestly, like, I think that's a, I think that's a step all of us need to do or to come to, to make, like, make sure that intergenerational trauma, like stops. Yeah. In that journey towards repairing your relationship with your parents, you created Parents Are Humans, a card game. Is there a specific reason that you made this healing process to the form of a card game? Uh, did you ever consider any other avenues to try to teach that same lesson other than a card game? Yeah, um, I want to give the credit to to my co-founder. I actually bought the company from her eventually, um, but uh, Candice was the one who, who originally had this idea. And uh, this was, uh, she had... You know, it, we we both had a language barrier with our parents. Our Chinese was nowhere near good enough to have the types of in-depth conversations we would have in English with our peers. She had wanted to just make this connection card game, and I think, yeah, at the time we had thought about quite a few different ideas. It was like mulling over, oh, what if what if it came in the form of an email? And and uh, she actually eventually started a, a company around. Um, around having these questions go out through email. Um, and it's called Letter Loop. So shout out to Candace. Um, and ultimately, I think what we found was, to our surprise and our delight, uh, a card game was the perfect context to get a lot of these conversations started. I think because there's no real easy... Like, I don't, I don't want to say there isn't one. I just haven't personally come across any baby steps, if you will, um, for healing really difficult inter-family, intergenerational, um, like, misunderstandings, conflicts, tensions. It's really like, okay, kind of do nothing or maybe go and do family therapy, right? And maybe even do bilingual family therapy and hire someone like that. And that's really hard to find. It's really expensive. There are these programs that are also really expensive. And there wasn't like a easy excuse to just start asking deeper questions and start having what I would like to call novel experiences that eventually create this buffer for people to realize, wow, I, you know, my nervous system doesn't have to be activated every single time I talk to my parents. My conversations don't always have to go into the worst possible screaming match, right? Um, yeah. And to just have more of those until until the the relationship starts healing itself. I th I think card games was actually the best choice you made. You know, honestly, because I can't even recall a time in our lives where we actually played any kind of game with our parents. Yeah. So I think <laughs> I, I think the idea of like your yeah. parents like to come up to your parents and be like, hey, mom, dad, do you want to play a game? I think would actually be a great segue in for a lot of people with their parents because i don't i i i don't want to speak for the majority but i feel like a lot of people in our generation did not play like monopoly or like you know like life with their parents i played tic-tac-toe that was that was like yeah. one thing that yeah. i did yeah. <laughs> they 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 made us play sudoku by ourselves you know what i mean like <laughs> go ahead austin um well i mean as you know as the founder of your own company, uh, Parents Are Humans, um, we know that you're not a stranger to being creating startup companies. We actually wanted to know a little bit more about your previous company, Brain Build. What was the motivation behind creating that? And what was the goal that you were trying to accomplish with it? Oh, my goodness. Thank you all so much for, again, digging deep and, and asking questions <laughs> that typically are not asked of me. Um, so, yeah, happy to share. 
uh, brain build was pretty much my my first go at it for a, as as a as a wannabe entrepreneur. <laughs> this was, uh, I mean, the the way I see it now, um, whether it was fencing because I I did that at a really high level before, and then entrepreneurship, uh, trying to start a company. Um, these were really projections of my ego, if you will. This was like a, an extension of of my deep desire growing up to to I guess prove the bullies wrong to like to to itch that scratch of having a chip on my shoulder of wanting to be successful because I thought that was the the key to having people love me and, and accept me. So I want to say that because that's it's the truth. It's actually the the real and the raw of what of why I started that company. Um, even though at the time it felt like I was doing a really good thing for the world, which which it was, and at the same time I want to acknowledge the like the underlying pattern that that I witnessed in my own life. So, um, yeah, brain build was the idea I had in college for um, for what I thought would be a, a really successful start, um, software startup. So we we built this mobile app that would sync with um, calendars from for uh, student athletes at colleges, professional sports athletes. And this was trying to automate a lot of what a, a sports dietitian would do. A registered dietitian would maybe look at your schedule, look at what sport you're doing and the intensity of what you're doing at, in your workouts, at what time the workouts were. And they would try to help plan every single meal, snack, hydration, sleep event that you would have uh, and just have you follow that. It's kind of like, I mean, some people colloquially called it like a mom in your pocket. It was like, hey, reminder to to drink water or even more importantly, have this pre-workout snack before your English class because after class, you're going to have to go do your workout and you're going to need that optimal fueling for, for you to have the best workout. So um, I ran that for two years. Uh, had the idea went and raised two rounds of funding, did all the like the stuff that was kind of like, you know, young entrepreneur's dream of making it onto uh, like um, Inc. Magazine twice and getting featured. And we even demoed at the New York Stock Exchange and World Trade Center and got in front of all of these world leaders and talked to the commissioner of the NFL. And it was like, I, I was in many ways living on a cloud, but really in the clouds of, of not understanding what I was doing um, and, and making it all up. Uh, and, and yeah, after two years, I realized that I hadn't asked the right questions. I, I didn't ask myself, it was actually a really sustainable long-term business. Um, and the contracts that we got were like an order of magnitude smaller than the ones that we had planned for, the ones that we had hoped for. So without a good um, direction to go in from a business standpoint, I had to make the probably one of the toughest decisions of my life to just shut it down to, um, yeah, to say goodbye. And I also had to say goodbye to my identity at the time because that was everything. I was like, you know, my I made the mistake of tying my own self-worth directly to the the success of the business. It wasn't... Joseph Lamb and he's a, he's just a human being and then he's just so happened to you know create this thing called brain build it was like I am brain build and if it's successful then 
I'm successful, but if it's not, then I'm a failure. Um, a lot of a lifetime of lessons truly learned from that. Wow. Yeah, I couldn't imagine like working so hard on something that like what you like probably perceive to be like your in a way for uh, to I guess layman's terms like your your baby, your project mm-hmm. baby, you know, mm-hmm. and then have to eventually make that tough choice to to let it go. But based on what I was reading about the whole and from what you were explaining, it sounds like Brain Build definitely like I feel like it, it had it like had you guys been able to get those bigger contracts, I think I think it could have definitely been very helpful to a lot of people. I and think then, so too. You know, I mean, do you think Yale would probably bring it back again in the future? Um, it's possible. I mean, I, I've talked about it a few times here and there. Um, a part of me goes, I don't know if the structure, like, if if it has the best monetary incentives aligned as in like i don't know if people Mm. would actually pay enough money for it to be sustainable but i do imagine it to be a very successful perhaps open source project that the community gets to work on and gets to build on top of right so um i've thought about that and it's it's kind of like a a gift to the world that i've created and i i don't want it to go to waste going off of your parents are human uh card game a lot of it was based off inspiration from your blog post, which is known as, you know, 30 reflections from healing a broken relationship with my parents. Uh, you've detailed many occurrences of self-realization throughout the span of a few years that helped you come to learn more about yourself and a dynamic between you and your parents. Have you ever considered transforming it into a almost self-help book? Is there a specific reflection in the 30 that you believe is the most important one that can be helpful to anyone that may have either different or unique relationships with their parents that may not be the same as yours? Ooh, what good questions. So I, I am writing a book right now and um, it's, uh, I haven't made as much progress I was, as I would like, which I think is very normal. I'm forgiving <laughs> yeah. myself for that one. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, the priority this year has just been launching these new languages. And, um, and yeah, I do want to write a more in-depth book about what I went through because the 30 reflections, they, they came about from just a, uh, um, it was like a writing challenge, right? Published 30 essays that were really short, 200 to 250 words, um, and, and publish it once a day for 30 days. So I, I knew that that was also one of those things that I would regret not doing. So I was like, okay, let me, let me do this get all my thoughts out. And then that's what I did to, I eventually just compiled all of those into those essays. And, um, and so, yeah, I I think there's so much more to be said. And I think it would just be really cathartic for myself as well to, I I think someone said, uh, writing a book is kind of like giving birth. It's, uh, it's this, (laughs) this desire that I, I, I almost can't live without giving birth to this one product this one um this one book and i i know that i think a lot of people will resonate um and and i only speak that with that confidence because i myself would have needed someone to say all these things like i want to be that person that i never had growing up to say hey look at your relationship with your parents it's actually okay that things are not that great and just let's talk about it let's 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 not keep it a secret um so, yeah, and then to your to your next question of 
do I, is there one essay that stands out that I think everyone should read? <laughs> um, I, I can't really say that there is one because I know that, yeah, different lessons for me lands differently for everyone. And I'm, I'm also constantly just caught off guard by what people mention because I'll ask people like, Hey, what, what stood out to you? And, and then they'll say this one thing that I thought, Oh, almost no one would read that one. I'm just writing it as like a, like I couldn't think of anything else. Let me just write it right now because I needed to publish. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm realizing that for everyone, it's a little different. Um, although I, I would like to say that there is one essay, I forgot which number, um, about just being curious that I think is is something that would have made a really big difference for me personally. Um, yeah, I, I was so in the world of, it's kind of like me against my parents. My parents will never change and they'll never be different. And if only they did this one thing, then my whole life would be better and the whole world would be better. And sadly, no matter how much I want that, I don't have the power to change them. And um, and I just need to get curious about what it is that that makes them who they are. Um, so, oh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, just one last question, I guess. Uh, could you give us like a, a little rundown of how the game works, kind of thing? And just let's not perhaps works. like maybe the most wholesome or funniest conversation you got from your parents from that card game. The one that you could you, you look back fondly at and you think, I'm glad that I did this because I would have never heard this story yeah. had we not played this game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can happy to go through <laughs> those both. So um, the card game has 50 questions and 20 actions um, and then also two levels. So for the questions we have, um, it's, it's either around life events, um, relationships, wisdom, or identity. And we designed it such that people can start really easy with like the light questions of what's your favorite food growing up? And, you know, tell me about uh, like your favorite book or your favorite movie. And then the, the hope is that with those easy questions, people eventually get into the harder questions that pull up a lot more. And again, it's, it's just been such an easy way, I think, for people to, to start that process and um, people actually end up going really deep, even on the easy questions. So one of my favorite questions is, I, I, I usually say the, the first one, what, what's my favorite food growing up? Because that one just led to probably the most formative conversation with my parents. Uh, my mom told me about what she struggled with and what she didn't have when she was growing up. And I eventually even wrote her a love letter um, telling her that, like promising her that I would never, yeah, I would never yell at her again because I, I used to take out my frustrations that she would put too much food on my plate, um, and um, and I would also like to just mention one more card. I think it was what was the hardest job that you ever had because I ended up talking to my dad about all these jobs that I never knew that he did. Like I did not know that he was. I think he was like either one of the top waiters or the um, or like someone who worked in the kitchen on a train. So in China, he actually worked on a train and served people. And he was like, the only reason I did it was because they gave free food. Like all of the chefs cooking, you could eat as much of 
as you wanted to. And that was the perk of working on a train. <laughs> um, yeah, and then he, he went to all these crazy experiences where he had to go to the hospital because he overworked himself cleaning a parking garage. And that was one of his jobs moving to America. And yeah, I will never forget these stories. And um, yeah, I'm eternally grateful that we had those conversations. Yeah, honestly, like after hearing the description of how the game works and the levels, I kind of want to get this game now too. Because, man, like, honestly, now that I think about it, when you explain it that way, it, it, the stop popped up to my head where it was like, I feel like our parents only ever want to talk about the now and the future for us. Because for us, it's like that, that's all they're focusing on. My children, how are they doing right now and how are they going to be in the future? Because I, that's all I care about. But like it, it, it just like got into I just got an epiphany that like they never talk about who they used to be. And I think it's important to talk about who they used to be as a person because it helps us, I guess, humanize them more rather than it helps like, us. It helps us see them as not just our parents. Like yeah. when you learn about their past, you kind of realize that they were people. Yeah. Too. You know, at, like, like your website, parents are humans too. You know, they had their whole identity. All you've ever known them as is just mom and dad, but you don't know them as, you know, whatever their first names are. Yeah. You know? so. Yeah. <laughs> to, to me, it's like these puzzle pieces that fit together that I never had that explain so much of why they are the way that they are. And when they now act the way exactly the same ways that they did, I'm not surprised. I don't actually push back. I'm like, yeah, I, I get it. I, I understand why you're this way because of these experiences. And I probably would have been the exact same if I had gone through everything that you went through. Do you, want to, do you want to give your little parents a little shout yes, out real quick yes, yes. before my, we close out my the episode? Mom, yes, absolutely. Thank you for that. My mom, May Lam, and my dad, Francis Lam. I love you both so much. And there is, yeah, there's nothing in this world that can replace what we have now. And um, yeah, thank you for accepting me for all those years. So uh, we want to go ahead and thank Joseph Lam for coming on Asian Voices Radio for the Youth Voices segment. If you guys want to go ahead and learn more about him and his work, you can go ahead and visit joejlam.com where you can learn more about him as well as visit parentsarehuman.com where you can go ahead and get a copy of that game. Uh, if you guys have any more suggestions for future topics, we'd love to hear from you. Also, be sure to subscribe as well as follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And on behalf of Joseph Lam, we want to go ahead and thank you guys for listening. Until next time, take care, everyone.